0: from some of your favorite BJJ Mental Models coaches, including me. It's like having your own seminar, you spoiled little whippersnappers. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium right now, get off my lawn, and go train. Hey, welcome to BJJ Mental Models Episode 20. I'm Steve Kwan. Coming to you live. Well, not really live. This will probably be launched in about a week or two. But still. I thought I'd try something out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is basically a radio show, right? We're going to be internet famous. So, today we're going to be talking about longevity. This is probably the topic that we get the most questions about. People are always emailing us, contacting us, and asking, how do I stay in it for the long game? And this can mean, from a physical standpoint, how do I make sure that I can maintain my health, prevent injuries over the long game? But I think a large part of this also is the mental aspect of jujitsu it is a really long journey to train for your lifetime or to train for decades and it's easy to burn out or to have events come up that can force you to reconsider your priorities you see a lot of people who quit jujitsu you know when you start jujitsu a lot of the people who come up with you at white belt they're going to be disappearing left and right when you and your friends get their blue belts that's another period where people kind of just disappear for a lot of people getting a blue belt is a significant enough accomplishment that they just pack it up and call it a day once they get it and going beyond that though you don't see or at least i don't see a lot of purple brown or black belts who quit you know at that point you've kind of made the decision to to stay around the way that someone once explained it to me was that when you start jujitsu when you're at white belt what you're trying to decide is is this something i like to do and when you're at blue belt what you're trying to decide is is this something that i want to do for the rest of my life and once you made that decision if you stick through blue belt you're probably going to be around for quite a while
1: yeah that's a really good way to put it and um you know we've been in this sport for you know over a decade now and it's funny how for at least for me my mindset totally changed as i have gone through the ranks you know at first i really wanted to like basically just get a workout in and learn some self-defense then around the time that i was leaving white belt i felt like okay i'm really enjoying this i want to do some more competitions and be serious about it Um, and then now that I'm a black belt and I'm starting to accumulate injuries, my mindset is basically, okay, I just need to survive. Basically, (laughs) like every, every class that I get out not injured is a blessing, you know? And, um, people have different, people have different goals in jujitsu. Some people don't care about injuries. They just want to win world titles. That's all they care about other people like like me for example i'm i'm in it for the long game so even if i never win a world title i just want to be able to train until i'm an old man and uh you know i've made jujitsu my career so so, I have to be around and be able to move on the mats for my students and and for my own well-being. So, um, definitely knowing where you want to go with the sport will definitely help you decide how to stay healthier longer. It's funny you mentioned how your goal now is just to survive.
0: It When you're at a white belt level, your goal is to survive. When you're at a black belt level your goal is also to survive but in a very different way yeah (laughs) yeah um jujitsu at a at a young level is interesting because when you start off with white belt everything is so exciting everything is new you're meeting new people there are no expectations around how good you should or shouldn't be you know it's it's a a fun opportunity to learn and everything is new and novel it's kind of like being a baby in a lot of ways but but as you get further you know once you get to blue belt and you kind of realize that the journey is maybe a lot longer than you know you initially thought like when you're a white belt everything beyond blue belt just seems totally impossible and unattainable like just getting to blue belt seems like a herculean accomplishment but once you get there uh you kind of realize you know there are decades worth of of things that you're going to have to do to kind of keep down the path you realize how far away that black belt is and i think for a lot of people that's when they bail that's when they think you know what this was good enough i i did my thing i tried jujitsu i can tell people i'm a blue belt and i'm just never going to
1: come back again yeah and (laughs) you're you're so right about i i like to think of the analogy of of, uh not a baby but like a freshman going into high school you're basically a a fish in a big pond and there's lots of predators around and you you know (laughs) you're you're just trying to survive you're just trying to not look like an idiot you're trying to you know uh not disturb the higher ranks and just try and learn as much as you can and not you know, and you're just trying to survive. And I, and I found, um, I was really trying to, when I was a white belt and blue belt, for sure, I would go so hard. I would try Mm -hmm. to, you know, I'd roll hard. I try and never let anyone, you know, get positions on me. And, and, uh, as you, as your game sort of refines itself over time and, and, uh, you, you develop more skills and knowledge, your game starts to slow down a little bit because like for me, I always tell my guys to try to roll light, you know there's a time and place to roll hard we're preparing for a competition fine roll hard but generally scaling back the the intensity in the room is my goal and i know i know as a coach that doesn't sound like it's uh you know you're not preparing world champions or whatever but at the same time i got customers and they all have jobs and uh, a lot of them don't want to become world champions so it's important that Mm -hmm. they try and get as much mat time as they can over a period of time and that involves not getting injured and that's how i look at it too for myself there's a time and place when i'm going to go hard and a time most of the time i'm i'm generally going to roll pretty light
0: yeah and even if you do want to be a world champion if you are constantly encountering physical and mental hurdles because of your training style whether it be injuries or just being too hard on yourself or just being intense when you should be focused on learning if you're setting up these obstacles it doesn't matter how good you are or what your goals are you've got to be able to win the war not just the battle if if you are training in such a way that you're not going to be able to stick around for a long time you're probably going to have trouble getting to that elite level right i mean it's hard it's hard to get to black belt and become a black belt world champion if your motivation or your physical health don't allow you to hang around for that long unless you're taking something
1: which (laughs) which a lot a lot of them are right so so it does make a difference when we're talking about longevity because um you know should should i do peds performance enhancing drugs should i not you know there's the there's the whole moral ethical side to it but then on the other hand well what if it allows me to reach a higher level what if it allows me to ignore injuries and keep training through injuries so every top level athlete myself included has you know had to consider that route and realize that the the best guys are doing that especially in jiu-jitsu where there's very little um regulation so that is always something that higher level competitors are going to have to to battle with in their own mind you know there's there's short term really amazing benefits to things like that but in the long term if you know as as you get older if if you've had you know a few decades of doing steroids or whatever it's definitely going to have a negative effect on your body plus if you ever stop using them you're you're really going to fall hard which is honestly the reason why I don't do it is because I know that one day I'm not going to be able to take them anymore and when that happens I'm going to feel like even worse. Uh, even worse on the mats from all that testosterone
0: yeah the strongest arguments against performance enhancing drugs are tied to longevity and in this case longevity might not even mean when you're 60 you know it could mean when you're a lot younger i mean if you want to see some examples of why not to do performance enhancing drugs take a look at what happens in professional wrestling where you've got people dropping dead before they're 30 right i mean it it is really the kind of thing where you you know you might achieve some degree of short-term benefit but does that really matter if you only have a few more years left on the clock um it's it's like one of those perfect examples of where you want to prioritize winning the war over prioritize winning the battle and i think a lot of what we talk about today will probably center around how do you win that long-term war and how do you keep yourself in the game long enough
1: yeah and it's easy for if you're at a really competitive gym and people are using steroids it's really easy to get caught up in that lifestyle and and Mm -hmm. justify it in your own mind saying well, why wouldn't I do it? All my teammates do it. My coaches do it. My, you know, I'm going against people who do it. I just want to level the playing field. And it's really easy to just get caught up in that culture. Um, like I said, my my goals in jujitsu, I've always been more towards, uh, like I love competing. It's, I love it. But my goals are always aimed more towards teaching and having a school. And of course my family. So I want to be around later on, you know, when my kids are having kids and I'm an old man, I still want to be able to step on the mats um, and and uh, train and teach and all that, but uh, definitely don't want to cut any time short and I don't want to possibly damage years in the future because i stopped taking something that you know gave me kind of a false positive mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's kind of an artificial advantage it's not really
0: a statement about what you're capable of it's more of a statement of what the drug is capable of
1: it's true and and the benefits of steroids are super or they're very real they're they're undeniable you know your your uh your response times become quicker mentally you can make decisions on the fly a lot quicker you're you're just you know you're not going to feel certain injuries as much they're going to heat you're going to heal way faster uh you know i i don't get me wrong I, I would love to do that but at the same time i think about the negative effects that it has long term and it just for me it's enough to not not put my body in that kind of a situation.
0: Yeah. My recommendation to anyone who is even remotely considering something like that is again, just take a look at what has happened to a lot of, you know, older pro wrestlers or older MMA fighters and consider whether you want to wind up like them. The thing about competitive athletics is people are only in the limelight when they're in the competition. You know, you pay attention to what these guys are doing when they're 20 years old and they look like superheroes but you don't see what happens when they get into their 30s and they can't hack it anymore and and then they get into their 40s and they can barely get out of bed and then they get into their early 50s and they're dying of heart attacks and stuff you don't see this stuff because a lot of the time these people fall out of the limelight because they're not able to compete anymore um, understanding that there are serious long-term consequences to that kind of thing is what probably should really discourage you from
1: going down that road yeah and you'll you'll see athletes that are Like you said, 20 that are just hitting their prime. Nowadays, jiu-jitsu athletes, the level's so high that, you know, there's 20-year-old black belts that are just... They're world class right back when i first started that was kind of a rare thing i, I know it was more the the older guys that had accumulated a lot of experience that were dominating yeah. and and even hey, the legends you know uh 10 20 years ago but now it's now it's kids that are you know as young as 17 18 it's the level's ridiculously high so these guys their goal is to just win medals their goals is, is legacy yeah and, and that's different because you know then then it's going to be easier for you to justify in your mind to do steroids because you gotta a strike while the iron's hot you only got a small window to to make a big difference whereas i'm thinking about god i hope i can compete in the masters <laughs> divisions when i'm 50 you know like yeah. for fun uh, yeah. and if you t- you know if you, if you go into jiu jitsu with such a serious mindset that it that it has negative effects on your body and your mind uh, with the decisions that you make moving forward you might want to reconsider what your goals really are
0: yeah yeah everyone should have a some clarity as to what they want to get out of jiu-jitsu i think that's an important thing that everyone needs to think about is to really be honest with yourself not about what your gym wants you to do, or about what the jujitsu community wants you to do, or about what everyone else is doing. But what do you really want to get into or get out of jujitsu? Most people have something in mind when they start jujitsu, and very few people get into jujitsu thinking I'm go- I'm going into jujitsu because I want to be a gold medalist or a world champion. Most people get in because they want to learn to defend themselves, or because they um you know they want to come up have a, a fun way to to get exercise and. once they get exposed to the competitive scene those priorities might change but it's important to always be honest with yourself about exactly what your long-term priorities are and you know if one of your priorities is to have a competitive legacy the thing that you have to bear in mind is you know leaving leaving a legacy doesn't mean a lot if you're not around to actually see the legacy happen after the fact right you know if you achieve something incredible at 25 and then you're dead by 35 is that really a win right that so it's something that you have to consider and that's why longevity is so important. So if I were to break down what longevity means in the context of jiu-jitsu, I, I think there's kind of two areas here. One is the physical side of longevity and the other is the mental side of longevity right um, and both of these are are quite different and I think most people probably hit setbacks in both areas over their jiu-jitsu journey for me when it comes to the physical side of jiu-jitsu you know a good part of this of course is just staying in shape staying healthy uh, but I, I think a lot of it too is how you respond to and deal with injuries how you allow yourself to recover over time and and how you avoid the kinds of things that are going to result in like a devastating injury i mean we talked about this a bit in the last episode but when it comes to longevity your approach to injuries is extremely important because uh, a, a significant injury is likely to occur to most people at some point and how you respond to that is going to dictate how how far along the road you can continue to go right it's an injury is usually not a deal breaker when it comes to training but it might require you to make some strategic changes tra- Changes to how you train or what kind of game
1: you play absolutely yeah and um you know you see young guys in the gym that just go so hard and they don't injuries are, are the farthest thing from their mind mm-hmm. you know you add a decade to their career and then all of a sudden injuries are going to be pretty much at the front of their mind a lot of the time or um you know at least at least something that they consider so like you said you're gonna have to adjust your game if you do go through significant injury or adjust the way that you train and that's just that's just part of it i mean all athletes go through injuries Um, When I recently had my knee injury, I was looking, you know, asking people that have had the same type of injury, looking online, seeing what can I do moving forward because the injury has happened. So mentally, if I just sulk and say, I'm not going to be able to be the same person I was, I'm not going to have the same game I was, I can't do this position now, I can't do that. If you start thinking like that, then the negativity really will start to you'll believe that you can't do things um Mm -hmm. and it's really important that your mindset stays positive throughout injuries especially if it's a really bad injury like torn ligaments and things where the recovery time is going to be uh you know there's going to be a long layoff and and usually necks backs knees and shoulders are kind of the worst ones i think you can get in jujitsu um it's important to realize that even though there's going to be downtime where maybe you can't spar and you can't do the same physical things that that if you if you work hard and you keep you know you do your physio you're disciplined and you keep watching and coming to the gym and studying that window will be well it's just a period of time and then you will get back to the mats so it's just it's a matter of of getting through those hurdles that are uh you know it really what jujitsu is is struggle right mm-hmm. so i just look at at injuries especially when i'm going through and that this is just part of the journey and uh you know if, if you look at it as a negative thing you're going to be drowning in negativity if you look at it as a hurdle that you need to overcome and and you can still grow during that time then you will grow from that time so it's really how you look at it um that and that that's going to influence moving forward how that affects your game like like uh, what sorry one one thing that uh like dan Hur was saying was you know and referencing gordon ryan that if you if you don't come to the gym at all and you don't you know you're injured so you're just going to stay home and and not think about jiu then you are going to just get left behind mm-hmm. but if you keep coming to the gym and even just watching you can uh you can exercise your brain mentally by watching people roll and you know he says quite often people will return just as good if not even more better from from long layoffs yeah i agree with that a hundred
0: percent i found that from personal experience when i've had to take layoffs i usually am better when i come back despite the fact that i haven't been training and a large part of that is because it kind of gives you the opportunity to to reset mentally and to to come back almost like a new person but with the benefit of years of experience right you can kind of come back with a white with a white belt mindset rebuild your whole game from the ground up but you still do have that experience that gives you a you know a competitive edge (laughs) over people who don't uh, who haven't been training as long as you have we've talked about these things in prior episodes Episodes, but you know what you just kind of went over, Matt. Part of it is having a growth mindset, which is understanding that um, any any obstacle is an opportunity for improvement. And just because you've you've lost some physical capacity doesn't mean that you can't improve in other ways or, or pivot your game. And even if you don't experience a massive injury, you're probably going to find that over time your game is going to evolve. to in, in this fashion anyway because as you get older um, as your technique improves and you know as you become less dependent on athleticism you're going to develop a game that slows down and is more based on you know technique and control and positional dominance my instructor always you know has said in the past that you know as you get older your game tends to evolve more into like a pressure passing pressure control based approach rather than being more of like a scrambly type game in a large part simply because that kind of game works better for older people right you know as you 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 may be able to you may lose your athleticism and your speed but you often retain your strength so having like a pressure-based game is usually ideal once you start getting into your 40s and 50s and additionally once your technique becomes sharp enough it becomes a lot easier to control people and shut down athleticism so if you buy into the uh, the philosophy of jujitsu that it should not really require a tremendous amount of athleticism to win a fight then having you know having a growth mindset allows you to understand that an injury is not the end of the world it's an opportunity to pivot and to improve and you also mentioned a bit about consistency there I, and i agree with that a hundred percent it's fine to be off the mat for whatever reason as long as you still have some headspace for jiu-jitsu in your brain right as long as you're still thinking about it looking into new things researching new things mentally drilling that kind of stuff allows you to keep jiu-jitsu at the form the forefront of your brain whereas if you just kind of move on with your life and you're not even thinking about it it gets real hard to get back into jiu-jitsu after the fact
1: Yeah. As, as a coach, one of the ways that I've actually benefited from this injury. Well, two things. First thing is as a coach, I can watch my students roll now where normally when rounds are going, I'm rolling as well, right? So I can't, I can't be paying attention to everyone while I'm rolling. I'm focused on my own role and my own partner. Uh, when, when you get to overview a room for, for weeks or whatever months at a time, during sparring sessions you get to watch people's games and and as a coach i feel like i understand where the holes and and the strengths are in my students games, so i can give them immediate feedback right you know we talked about the feedback loop giving it giving it uh right away and um how the uh, quick feedback is is more beneficial than let's say after class or next week or whatever when when it's not fresh in your mind so i can give that immediate feedback to my students i can see where where there's gaps where people you know maybe they need a few concepts here or they're missing you know this would really work good for you there i feel like the injury has actually made me a a better coach and um, i think my students have benefited from that but also due to this injury i've sort of realized like hey i i need to um I need to do uh essentially what they call prehab like i need to do pre-injury stuff so that i it reduces the chance of me getting injured so mm-hmm. you know i got to keep doing physio i got to keep doing strength training which is stuff that i wasn't doing before because i never had to worry about an injury so now it's super important for me as part of my regular training schedule to just keep doing that and stay disciplined and and you know it, the injury has you know it, it'll make you hungry to get back and it'll also keep you disciplined and and keep you more focused Is that's how i feel because i watch these guys roll and obviously i want to get in there but i know that i have to put in the time and let my body heal and and uh and respect that and respect that it takes time for me to come back and then i know that i will get back as as long as i stay disciplined yeah it's always tempting to jump back in as soon as you can
0: but understanding stress and recovery and when your body needs that recovery time is one of the best ways to prevent serious damage you know a lot of injuries happen not out of the blue but because there was wear and tear building up and you just weren't taking off the time that you needed to recover uh, and as a result one day the rubber band just snapped right that's uh, that's often how these things happen the the good news is you know growth occurs from stress and recovery when you put stress on your body or even on your mind and then you give it time to recover it comes back stronger right that's why we always say that avoiding discomfort is a a losing strategy you want to find discomfort and use that as a growth opportunity as they say when you break a bone it heals back stronger Um, similarly when you're building muscle or putting on muscle you know really what you're doing is you're breaking down and destroying your muscle and that encourages your body to heal it back up stronger than it was before Um, and when it comes to identifying when your body needs rest that is such a crucial thing to engaging for the long term Um, trying to power through injuries when you don't have to is uh, that's a good way to get yourself put on the shelf for longer than you probably should be Mm -hmm. yeah Um, other things that we probably should bring up you mentioned the feedback loop which is uh, of course super important when it comes to providing quality coaching to the people on your team kind of related to that when we're talking about how you stay in the game for a very long period of time whether it be jiu-jitsu or just life uh, a winning strategy there is to focus on prioritizing the creation of good habits over goal chasing and dream chasing if you set yourself a long-term goal of like hey i want to be a black belt world champion and that's all you're thinking about and that's the only thing on your mind you're probably not ever going to get there what is more beneficial is you want to set that goal but then you want to focus rather than on on dreaming on building day-to-day good habits right you know the you you kind of get there by taking single steps at a time these things don't happen overnight so if you want to come up with a way to keep yourself engaged for possibly you know years or possibly decades in jiu-jitsu i find it super helpful rather than thinking about the long-term goal of hey i you know i want that black belt i want that black belt to focus on Smaller micro goals about what I can do today. You know, how can I establish good habits in the gym? How can I make sure that I'm, I'm giving it my all every day? I'm avoiding stupid situations. I'm focusing on fundamentals and on proper alignment. And how, how do I build that up? Because focusing just on a long-term goal can be extremely demotivating because yeah i mean yeah, yeah you might get there one day right you know if if, if something is going to take you ten thousand days you're going to have one great day but then the other 9999 are going to be days where you're not achieving your goal and that could be highly demoralizing so it's better to focus on the creation of good habits mm. focus on winning those day-to-day battles and make sure that those habits you're building are the ones that you need to get you to that goal at the end of the day
1: yeah if, if your dream is to just be a world champion or a champion at the highest level <clears throat> um the worst thing an athlete wants is to have to live with regret right so so if you you know if you if you regret the fact that you never got that world champion uh that world championship or you never got to that level you wanted to get to if you put in the work every day and create those habits that you talk about, Steve, then you're not going to regret anything. If you if you put everything into it, um, it's when you set that goal, that high goal that only very few people reach. Only very few people can have that skill level and those gifts that allow them to to get there. That's going to lead to regret if you can never reach that goal. But it's every day, if you if you know that you're doing all you can to get to a certain level, then you. As an athlete, you're not going to live with regret, right? And I think that regret's one of the, the worst things that we can have mentally as as humans
0: yeah it's hey it's great to set a really really (laughs) audacious goal but at the same time you can't tie your entire personal value and worth to that goal it's something that you want to fight towards and try to achieve but you don't want to create a situation where your life is over if you fail to achieve that because the reality is you know even if you do your best your absolute best and you do everything right there are a variety of reasons why you might never achieve that goal for no fault of your own right even if you are on paper the the best jujitsu athlete in the world there could be a variety of reasons including injuries or just flukes or bad judging there could be a variety of reasons why you never get that goal and what you don't want is to have your life peak at 25 you know fail to achieve this goal that you tied your entire sense of self-worth to and then live the rest of your life in regret right that's the last thing you want whereas if you instead focus on building good habits that will you know you may eventually get to that goal but the big thing is you know if you have good habits every day is a win for you every day is something you can be proud of it's also better for your day-to-day life satisfaction as well if you're focused on just winning daily battles and you know going to the gym every day training every day training smart every day um that kind of in you know basically taking a a, a gigantic goal and breaking it down into daily chunks is a great way to get there over the long term and to, to improve yourself and stay happy over the long term
1: yeah i can i can remember uh the first time i did pans at purple belt i won my first match and then in the second match i went against a guy who had a really good spider guard i, m- I must have been about 25 or 26 at this mm-hmm. time and uh i couldn't pass a spider guard he swept me you know he he played the game so so good uh, as soon as he swept me and came up on top i managed to regard uh and i i stood up and then immediately he pulled guard on me again and it was just like he funneled me into his game it was Mm -hmm. so perfect and uh and you know i i'd traveled all the way down to la and i thought i was going to do better than this but it was kind of disappointing and then i was like oh well i'll take the loss i've lost in competition before and he moved on and then about maybe half hour later i'm in the change room and there he is uh just crying just bawling to himself and i'm 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 like hey man how'd it go obviously i know he's lost Lost at this point he's Mm -hmm. not still in the bracket and he's he's crying and he's like oh the ref the referee you know i i I swore i did enough to win but the it just didn't go my way and all this stuff and i'm I'm thinking to myself i'm like like i didn't know what i literally didn't know what to say to him because part of me i understand how he feels losing in a in such a big competition i think he had traveled from philadelphia or something but at the same time i was like man like you're actually crying about this like this is this means so much to you that if you don't win you're sobbing as a grown man in the change room Mm -hmm. um and and for me that was kind of a moment where i realized like hey like don't take this shit so seriously Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's great to go out there and compete but i compete to have fun you know i compete because it's a challenge if if i lose you know call me a loser or or whatever or not having a champion's mindset if i if i lose i'm i'm not gonna cry about it i'm you know i'm not in the change room depressed and 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 you know beating myself up for it i'm thinking about okay how could i from an intellectual point of view how what did i do that led to my failure and how can i now build those habits that will make changes in the future competitions right like you're how you perform at the pans a few years ago does not define you as a grappler. So. You know, I and and I've other, I've heard of other athletes like you know Ronda Rousey. I read yeah. her book, and basically she's crying after every competition, and and every she, she's a crybaby is what what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and and these people that want it so bad are on the verge of tears when they don't reach those goals and she's like if you want to be the best in the world you have to cry if you you know if you don't win because you you want it that much and it's well not really it kind of yeah. means that you're not really emotionally in charge of yourself so. yeah you, you don't have
0: agency over your own emotions right and hey don't get me wrong there's you know there's something to be said about people who are just a little bit crazy you know a lot of the people who accomplish great incredible things are a little bit insane but not all of them there's a lot of perfectly sane rational people who are able to get there um, the thing is so uh, man you're you're probably familiar with um the availability heuristic which is a, a super scientific and confusing name for a pretty simple idea basically what it says is like things that are people people, kind of more easily remember or prioritize things that are more exotic or they they have more mind space right like a perfect example is when you think of you know billionaire tech moguls everyone thinks of like uh um, you know steve jobs and mark zuckerberg and elon musk because these guys are like crazy larger than life personalities so that's what everyone thinks and everyone thinks oh they must all be like that but in reality most people who get to like billionaire status it's like old boring dudes they got there by being boring and consistent and in charge of their own emotions and just kind of doing the best they can on a daily basis and making smart decisions but no one writes crazy like you know articles or books about these guys because it's not it's not really exciting from a newsworthy standpoint right you know no one wants to read a book about how like you know completely normal unusual guy strikes it big it's always more interesting when you hear about these crazy lunatics who achieve something amazing right and ronda rousey is kind of a great example of that i mean yeah she is one of those people who, you know, once her mindset was broken, she was never able to come back. But there are a lot of other people who are a lot more chill and they just kind of consistently dominated for a long 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 time yeah. um and they lost and maybe they come they came back right i mean uh, you know i i keep as a canadian of course i keep citing gsp as exactly but, what yeah. it just came but, into my mind But is one, of, one of the things that was interesting about gsp is he was like that he was one of those guys who had his mindset all tied up into his value and after matt sarah beat him apparently he was just beside himself and he had to go through a lot of psychological coaching but man after he came back he seemed to help of a lot more chill right and that's when he went on that incredible winning streak where he just you know probably the one of the greatest winning streaks of all time in MMA so you yes for some people it is it may be helpful if you you know your entire sense of self-worth is tied up in this win but at the end of the day you're probably more likely to, to harm yourself than to do any good for yourself uh, like even in the situation where you do, if you do manage to win that goal you're probably just setting yourself up for a fall at some point point. and if all of your self-worth is tied into your tournament performance that's not going to be good for yourself psychologically and it i don't believe that that kind of intense like emotional mindset is required for success some people have it but i don't think it's a requirement and i think there's enough there's enough evidence out there that you can see that some people have, you know, a lot of people have a very healthy mindset, and that is what helps them get to the highest levels.
1: Yeah, and and for someone who's an elite athlete like Ronda Rousey was, you know, in in judo and whatnot. I mean, you're right about crazy, definitely giving some athletes the edge mm-hmm. and i think judo is a different sport from jiu-jitsu in that the you know if you ever train judo when you're when you're sparring people are it's like they're trying to hurt you they're mm-hmm. trying to put you through the ground and and throw you hard and whereas in jitsu it's a lot more i think the camaraderie and and the playfulness in jitsu is a lot more evident so you know her sort of her sort of mindset is that to achieve my goal which is olympic gold medal uh and eventually and uh you know be the world champion in mma i have to be crazy i have to want it so bad that you know my i'm gonna self-destruct if i don't get this and Mm -hmm. yeah she talks about how she's always crying in her book and i as for for me you know i'm not an elite i'm not an as elite athlete as someone who would be in the olympics let's say but I feel like i was in control of myself enough to think that that was kind of crazy when i heard about it because i think it just comes down to goals and what my goal is in jiu-jitsu is more longevity more you know i'm trying to make a living off of it and i want to share it uh instead of just i need to win the highest level i need to you know whenever i go to the pans or adcc trials or whatever um you know, I've never cried after losing a competition. (laughs) It just doesn't, it means a lot to me, but it just doesn't, it's not, you know, there's so many more important things to life than that I can think of than winning a competition. And that's, I, and I think overall, you know, I think it's a healthier mindset because it keeps me in the game longer and it keeps me wanting to keep doing these competitions. I don't hate competitions. I don't hate competing because I've lost competitions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, having passion is always
0: an asset you always want to be doing the things you're passionate about but that's different from when from being uh so emotional that your emotions control you right passion is something that you should be able to harness but ultimately it's something that you should be able to control if your emotions control you you're a toddler right I mean, that, that, like let, let's call it what it is right you know you don't want to be in a situation where your emotions are making decisions for you that's not a healthy way to live your life and you know that from my perspective really the most important thing if you want to stay in jiu for the long time is it needs to always be fun that should be one of the, absolutely the driving goals behind everything you do in jiu-jitsu uh it's that keep it playful mentality regardless of how how lofty your ambitions are in jiu-jitsu if it's not fun you're probably not going to stick with it long enough to have significant success uh stefan kesting in one of his newsletters a long time ago had a great quote that uh i don't remember exactly but he was providing advice on like building the perfect workout and kind of defining your workout routine and he said that um you know the perfect workout routine that you hate to do is way way worse than like the mediocre workout routine that you like to do it's because you'll actually do that one right and it's better you know it's better to have some things that you like to do because then you're more inclined to do it if you're forcing yeah. yourself to do things that you hate to do that's usually not going to lead to good results
1: yeah and jiu is an amazing workout and super fun uh although there is going to be those people We've all met them that literally just don't find it fun. And, yeah, yeah. and can't see themselves grappling another human being. And that's fine. That's fine, yeah. right? It's not for everybody. Exactly. I totally get that. It, it is kind of a weird sport. Yeah you know what I mean? Um, but for those who love it, really love it. some of the you know, that what's that old saying that like if you're trying to convince your friend to come do jujitsu that, oh, I'm gonna get in shape first. I'm gonna, you know, let me go to the gym and get a little stronger. Yeah. It's you know, you could be a you could be a marathon runner or an Olympic lifter or you know a high level football player and it'll never prepare you for the mental gymnastic exercise that is jujitsu right like so that's why you always just just kind of tell those people well, just come in and try it because yeah. then you'll know if you like it or not if you do like it you're gonna stick with it that's why i stuck with it is because i realized how much i actually enjoyed it and uh the fact that it was an amazing workout actually kind of came secondary to the fact that i really was enjoying the learning aspect of jiu so absolutely uh if you can find jiu fun and enjoy training and look forward to training every day then that's a good sign that you're on the right track if you don't like training and you look at it as a chore and you know you don't want to go get your workout in um and you're just doing it for whatever reason, then, you know, you're probably not going to have a long jiu jitsu career. Yeah. I, I went through a phase where I, I you know, after I had my daughter,
0: I took, ju- I took some time off jujitsu, quite a bit of time actually. And honestly, um, you know, I didn't miss it. Uh, just after doing it for so many years i was kind of burned out and i wasn't enjoying it anymore and it took me a long time to kind of realize why i why i wasn't enjoying it and eventually i kind of started to reframe in my mind what i actually wanted to get out of jujitsu. and then i started getting excited about going again and you know now i train a lot more frequently than i I did when i left honestly um it's something this is a discussion that you have to have with yourself you know you have to kind of know what you want to get out of jujitsu and Make sure that you're structuring your training around things that are actually fun for you. Um, If something isn't fun or enjoyable or it's not going to lead you to the things that you want to do don't do it right and, and that applies to jiu-jitsu there are I, I have tremendous respect for anybody who is at least willing to try jiu-jitsu you know it takes a lot of courage to go to a place where you're going to be assaulted by <laughs> people who know how to fight when you don't right yeah. that's i think we forget how crazy and intimidating that is for people who are training for the first time it is and I, I have tremendous respect for anyone who will at least give it a try even if after a day they decide you know what this just isn't for me at least they can say they tried um But if you don't, you know, I would never wish someone stay with jujitsu if it's not something that they mm-hmm. actually enjoy doing. And if you ever find that you know your enjoyment of jujitsu fades, I would put some thought into why that is. You know, why has something changed, or what that that means you are no longer enjoying it anymore. Like for me, um, when I kind of lost interest in jujitsu, a lot of it was because I kind of fallen into habits and I kind of let my game solidify, and I was just doing the same thing over and over again uh, and as a result i wasn't really developing so i kind of lost interest in it um, and the way that i actually kind of overcame that was i kind of looked at the things about my game that i was reliant upon and i just stopped doing them and so i started coming back to class and just getting smoked over and over again because i wasn't playing my a game but after about a month or so i was doing other new stuff and trying new things and i was having a lot more fun than i
1: had in years yeah something you that's amazing with jujitsu is that like you really shouldn't be able to exhaust it like you're never you're never truly a master you know there's very few people that i would consider are like masters of jiu-jitsu and by that i mean they ha- they know everything right like there's so much that can be done and and the sport is uh evolving every year we're seeing new techniques new positions if you really have that hunger for knowledge it'll never you'll never stop learning truly um the same sort of thing was in cooking when i was a chef it was the same sort of thing as if you i i began disliking it for a lot of reasons but one of the reasons was i was just doing the same thing every day and i had lost that hunger to keep learning i was happy to to have met and exceeded the industry standard in my my opinion i exceeded it uh and then i wanted to do more but the money wasn't right anyways that's another story but but essentially i just stopped learning and i realized that what really had me interested at the beginning was because i had a real hunger for learning um so i you know i was able to to switch careers now i'm in jujitsu and and i still have that hunger for learning every day i go in i learn something new whether it's from a white belt or I, something i saw on the internet that i want to try or from my professor one um, there's a quote Kyotaro said and it's uh you know it, when you feel like quitting remember why you started and Mm -hmm. i thought that was a really cool quote because there are days when you know even though we love jujitsu where we're like oh man like staying home would be pretty sweet right now or you know maybe you got injured and you're thinking oh like this you know you have doubts about yourself am i going to come back is this something i want to keep doing and then you remember why you started and the reason i started was because i loved the puzzle solving aspect of it and the knowledge aspect of it as well as the physical side and Mm -hmm. i just it kind of brings everything full circle for you and you can sort of see why you do this and and that it is worth it to continue and uh you know something that i love
0: yeah yeah when it when it comes to making sure that you you win that battle where you know you want to sit on the couch but you actually get up and you go to train um that that happens to everybody you know some days you just don't want to go in and the problem is if you succumb to that battle once it's easier to then succumb to it again tomorrow and before you know it you're just not training it's anymore. a habit yeah yeah so the the trick is you want to turn going to jujitsu into a habit it and you do that by kind of separating the act of going to jujitsu from whether you want to or not and uh you know an example that i would give is like if you want to keep training over the long term you need to make jujitsu as much of a habit as like cleaning the bathroom or doing the laundry it's you know some days you just really don't want to to do the laundry but you do the laundry anyway because that's a habit and that's part of your routine some days you don't mind doing it so you do it it's it's not about whether you want to or not it's just every day you do it and you do it objectively and you detri- you separate that from your your emotional wants and needs and you just make it a habit uh-huh. and over time by doing that it actually increases your enjoyment and desire to go and train because you've reinforced the habit um, you have to understand that some days it you know you're going to be the hammer and some days you're going to be the nail yeah. um, but ultimately every day you train is going to get you one step closer to where you want to be regardless of whether you did well or didn't do well uh, it all comes back to competing mostly with yourself rather than trying to use other people as a measuring stick you you're, the best measuring stick for your growth is who you were yesterday right rather than worrying about whether you're better than the people you're training with or you know trying to keep score as to who's tapping who in the gym mm-hmm. it's better to just understand that uh, you know keep track of how how you are versus where you were yesterday uh, you always want to just try to be a little bit better than the person you were yesterday that is the the best competitive mindset in my mind for long-term growth and consistency in jiu-jitsu
1: mm-hmm. yeah and that, and for you know we're, we're talking about um you know, getting off the couch and going to training, and should I go and should I not go? Uh, I've never, I've never in my career of jujitsu regretted training a day. I've never finished a train a training session and thought god i wish i stayed home like even even on the days like if maybe you're maybe you're a white belt at at the at the club who's new and you're getting smashed all the time and you know it's you're getting beat down constantly maybe you're uh you know a higher level white belt who does a lot of the smashing but you're also getting smashed over and over maybe you're a high level guy or you're a higher rank in the in the club and you and you have those days where nothing seems to feel good nothing's working you know you're getting subbed maybe a few times even and that is, I think people that look at those days as negative, that those are the people that have, uh, in my opinion, it's not a healthy mindset. When when I get beat in the gym. I look at that how can I make this a positive well I know that if I look at it and uh, dissect what happened I can learn from it and I can gain from it so embracing embracing really uh, you know tough training and embracing uh, the fact that sometimes you are going to get submitted you are going to meet guys that have your number that's a good thing and to be able to look at it from a healthy uh, point of view and and not as something to be avoided is is a good thing I think embracing struggle is is one of the best aspects of jiu-jitsu that that translates into regular life. Yeah,
0: you... it it takes a bit of mental hacking but you want to try to train yourself to be grateful for those bad days because you get a lot more out of the days where you know you're on the receiving end it's so (laughs) Uh, true you're going to remember and grow more from those experiences than from the days where you just go in and just like you know run a clinic on everybody Um, those days you tend not to get much out of except for maybe a bit of cardio but the days where you're trying to survive and you're fighting off superior opponents and you're getting tapped left and right every time i have one of those days i try to spend some time after class just you know kind of doing like a little bit of gratefulness meditation just to be thankful for the fact that i got that learning experience because i know that those are the things that are going to stick with me and force me to improve whereas the days where i go in and i'm the hammer you know those are the days where ultimately they're they're forgettable they mean nothing in the long run
1: yeah now that i've had a string of injuries too i i kind of see why uh judo classes which are generally a little bit more formal you know they they almost do like a prayer at before and after class they they say za they get down on their knees and they sort of have a meditative 30 seconds or so where they're essentially to how i break it down is they're almost thanking the judo gods mm-hmm. that you know we got through training together we're safe and it was another day of training and i i mentally do that every day now every day that i finish class and and i'm healthy and and uh you know i didn't get badly injured that's that's a day to be grateful for Mm -hmm. and uh you know even if it was you know even if i get submitted a few times or whatever you're like you said you're always going to have your weaknesses exposed through um adversity as opposed to you know just cleaning everyone's clock so even in competition a lot of the time you know i love to win competitions i've i've won a lot of competitions i've lost a lot of competitions i always learn more from my losses and i always gain more in the long run from losses even mm-hmm. though it's sweet to win but if you go to a tournament and you beat everyone and no one has anything for you that's that's a great feeling but at the end of the day can you really uh take anything from that and apply it to your own game right mm-hmm. you i did this well i did this well everything was working that's great then the next competition you could lose your first match right so just keep in mind that if you're doing a lot of competitions and you lose there's always going to be another one uh you know you're not defined by your losses it's it's how you you gain from your losses and come back that really defines you as a martial artist yeah yeah. absolutely so i i hope this answers a lot
0: of the questions that everyone has brought to our attention about longevity um, and how you kind of stay in jujitsu both physically and mentally over the long run just to recap the mental models that we talked about today um of course so the main one here is prioritizing longevity right It's better to win the war than to win an individual battle and longevity is about staying in the game for a long time. It's about not about you know how can I have flashes of brilliance or achieve something great in a single moment. It's about how can I integrate this into a consistent part of my life going forward. We talked about stress and recovery so growth comes from stress and recovery uh, but understanding when your body and also your mind need that opportunity to recover. And and giving yourself that opportunity to recover is critical to staying in the game for the long term especially when it comes to injury prevention we talked about the growth mindset something that in our previous episode we also talked substantially about uh this is making sure that you have a mindset of always looking for ways to improve to use setbacks and and you know and negative experiences as an opportunity for growth rather than dwelling on them or you know just thinking well that's it it's not, you know i'm done now uh using everything that happens to you as an opportunity to elevate yourself to the next level we talked about consistency meaning uh you know making sure that over the long run um it's it is a consistency that is going to allow you to win the war uh, that doesn't just mean time spent on the mats but it also means making sure that jujitsu has some permanent occupying space in your mind <laughs> you know uh, making sure that even when you're not training you're keeping your mind active and coming up with ways to think about jujitsu so that you never get truly rusty we talked about the feedback loop uh, making sure that when you provide feedback you provide it rapidly and in a way that is relevant to to the event that happened. We also talked about establishing habits over obsessing over results, you making sure that if you want to achieve a long-term goal you're more focused on building the solid day-to-day routines that are going to get you there versus obsessing over some hypothetical that could happen 10 years from now we talked about keeping it playful probably the, the single most important thing if you are concerned about jiu-jitsu in the long term it's got to be fun above all else if you're not, if it's not fun when you know if it's not something that you ultimately enjoy doing you need to find a way to make it fun if you want to stay in it for the long term and we talked about self-competition you know you are the best measure Measuring stick for yourself don't obsess over people who uh what your training partners or other people on the competitive scene are doing the measuring stick that you want to hold yourself to is am i better than the person i was yesterday yeah and
1: one thing maybe we could have talked about as well is uh just the ask the the idea of balance right Mm -hmm. so so when you're you know most of us have jobs or careers i had a separate career outside of a jujitsu i'm very lucky that now jujitsu is my career balance is something that's really important that will keep you in jujitsu for a long time so if you're if you're putting in crazy hours at work and you're just never home and you never see your family and you know you're not eating right you're not getting the sleep that you need uh how can you have time for jujitsu so being able to set your life and organize your life in such a way that um everything is you know you're you're getting enough sleep you're seeing your family you're not working too much but you're still you know paying the bills and you can exercise each one of those aspects to me is a currency so understanding that if i don't get enough sleep my whole day is going to be exhausting if i don't have enough downtime or free time to just do do what i want to just sit on the couch and and just recoup then everything's going to be just a blur everything's exhausting if i'm not eating correctly you know then then i'm not going to feel great if i never see my family i'm i'm going to be you know my my wife's not going to be happy i'm not going to be happy i'm not going to see my kids grow In order to have an activity like jujitsu stay in your life and be a part of your life, you need to be able to balance your life so that you have time for everything, you can have healthy habits, you can still be successful at work, you still see your family... Always consider that um, you know, being and and then likewise if you're always at the school, if you're if your entire life and that's all you do, you know, you're probably like a meow brother. But <laughs> but that might not, might not also be the, the healthiest um The healthiest plan in the long run too maybe you're not gonna have enough money to pay for your bills maybe you're not gonna ever meet anyone and start a family if that's your goal so knowing your goals and then balancing your life is really important for longevity i can't stress that enough
0: yeah you need to treat time Like a currency, as if it were money. And just like money, you need to budget your time. You need to have a clear understanding of how much time it's going to take to achieve your goals in jujitsu or in anything. And you need to also have an honest conversation with yourself about how much time you're really willing to spend on each of these activities. And from there, then, when you do make that decision, that's when you want to maximize the value of the time that you spend. But yeah, it's it's something where you need to have a, a clear understanding. Understanding of what your life priorities are and how much of your time you're willing to invest in each of them. So some related questions that I've been sitting on for a while, I, I thought today would be a good day to cover them because they're related to longevity. Uh, we were asked to talk about Um, and these are kind of related to talk about training strategies for older folks um, and and similarly uh, you know how to stay healthy over the long run now I, i think we kind of talked about this in in bits and bursts here and there over this episode and and the last one but Training strategies for older guys is a is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Um, th- this is something that becomes, of course, especially important as you get older. Um, not only because you're likely to be less resilient if you get injured, but also because you're you care a lot more if you get injured. When it, when you're young, a lot of the time, you know you don't you're not really too concerned about getting injured here and there. But when you're old, it becomes a a much higher priority concern for you. So um, this is this is a tough question, and a lot of it, I think, is going to be context. Dependent on kind of who you are. When it comes to strategies for older guys, I would say that, um, you know, a a large part of jujitsu, especially as you get more experienced, is understanding that you don't need to play the other person's game. If the other person is playing a speed or power or athleticism game, you are naturally going to try to match their intensity. Uh, This is kind of, I think, part of like the fight or flight response. You know, if the other guy is going hard, before you know it, you're probably going to be going hard too but that's not always a good strategy a lot of the time the reason the other guy is going hard is because he's an athletic strong guy and he knows that he can do it Um, what i like to try to do when i encounter this kind of situation and i'm you know i'm against someone who is just they're bigger stronger faster younger than me um, i try to be aware of the fact that when someone is trying to smash me my natural physical and biological reaction is going to be to try to fight back with athleticism and that's usually a losing battle because i'm playing right into the other guy's strength so my strategy in these cases is to try to slow it down Uh, this is a lot easier in gi but it is also possible in no gi quite effectively Uh, i try to tie the guy up i try to slow him down i try to prevent him from moving and frustrate him and make him realize that movement and speed and strength are not going to be a valid strategy against me and as soon as the guy realizes that and starts trying to play traditional jujitsu, that's when I know I'm going to win,
1: right? So, I mean, number one, I'd probably. <laughs> and i might get some flack for this i might even stop doing takedowns altogether Mm -hmm. just because the older you are the harder you're gonna fall right unless you've got some really good extensive takedown experience you probably don't want to wrestle with the young 20 year old in the Mm -hmm. gym um so i i think that uh getting used to just fighting off your back constantly and getting so comfortable off your back that you could pull guard anytime and be comfortable is Mm -hmm. probably a pretty valid strategy um and then working your way if when you get on top is is having an amazing sweep game so you can always you know rely on your guard uh and if you rely on your guard then you're never going to stress out when you're on your back another thing is i think that you could use um like you talked about tying up your opponent steve Uh using guards that are um that uh immobilize your opponent such as clamp based guards so mm-hmm. half guards uh closed guard th- things like that where you're you're really uh lo- kin- creating a kinetic chain between your legs locking your opponent inside like i think the the coyote guard the lucas Leigh chase style half guard is one of the most effective guards because you're you're using really nice lever control by t- by tweaking the leg but also by just staying so tight and so close underneath your opponent um as a guy with a knee injury it's com it's been completely safe for me to adopt that style of guard and i know guys that use it like jake mckenzie who's really uh taken it and and modified it for himself he said that he started using it a lot because his knee was screwed up as well so um you know that guards that are clamp based guards are generally pretty forgiving for older people and for people with injuries um and trying to avoid elevation or movement based uh like uh hook based guards and things like that um which are going to be more much more dynamic and create a lot more movement so mm-hmm. definitely slowing down the guard getting to your position that you like uh, in my case i think half guard one of the most effective and safest forgiving guards for someone who's older or injured interesting that you uh kind of mentioned that hook based guards
0: might not be that effective as you, as you get older i personally really like hook based guards but um, i see your point that they do tend to be somewhat on the dynamic side uh, although yeah. i don't think you necessarily need to be explosive or athletic to play those effectively i think it's more just a matter of constantly checking your opponent's movement and uh, however you choose to do it though really you know the the thing that you need to be aware of is when you are fighting someone who is playing a game based on athleticism you don't want to play into that game you don't want to try to match them move for move you want to try to pull them into your game which is more uh, slowing them down relying on technique denying them the ability to move and frustrating them because as soon as they start trying to play jujitsu against you that's when
1: you've got the advantage yeah and of course you know just refer back to the database and the website so, so- like so many great um examples of things that you should do you know to get the advantage if you're an older person like create dominant angles and isolate limbs two on one and things like this are going to really pay off and and be more efficient in the long run yeah 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 um and i actually agree with you
0: on the takedown front Uh, a lot of moves like you know like shooting a double these are in, in addition to the fact that you do need a significant amount of athleticism to succeed there the injury risk is also at least i feel pretty substantial especially as you're dealing with size discrepancies Um, my game for takedowns has really been more of like standing and seated sweeps so rather than trying to go in and impose a takedown i'll try to do like a dynamic sweep that allows me to basically like go right from standing into a sweep and then achieve the same result
1: as if i took them down yeah this is jujitsu people just pull guard (laughs) this isn't judo okay just pull guard like a normal human being for god's sake just pull guard
0: nothing wrong with pulling guard i mean this is the thing right pulling guard does not have to be passive pulling guard can be super aggressive and you can go right into an attack from there like if you're a good guard player your process of like pulling guard and going to a sweep can be so fluid that it, it will look like a fancy takedown to anybody else right whereas in reality you're just transitioning right into a
1: sweep yeah f- funny just a side note whenever i go to like a naga tournament i always um there's always like grapplers from a lot of different backgrounds usually wrestlers like it's usually wrestlers and jiu-jitsu players that do naga tournaments um and you'll always hear on the sidelines coaches be like they shit all over the guard pullers like, <laughs> you just sat down like just oh they don't even try and wrestle it's like yeah but that's why that's how you win jujitsu tournaments yeah, like why
0: would, why would you intentionally play your opponent's game like exactly you know, like you always oh, play the game that you're strong at and your opponent is weak at i always laugh yeah oh god all right well good chat uh hope this was helpful to everyone as is all as always keep the questions coming if there's anything that you want to know about or you want us to cover in a future episode please don't hesitate to reach out we're always looking for feedback thanks guys thank you